kingdom of God is within and it's at hand. It's also without too. It's everywhere, right? If you want it. To, to, so the idea is, um, do you want to be a better person or do you want to have more things? Like how many people look at themselves as though, you know what's really important to me? I just want to be a better person. The Shepherd in the Shrink podcast can only happen with your support. Please go to patreon.com, search for the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Good afternoon on a like 88 degree day here in sunny Michigan, sunny, humid Michigan. It is sunny. It is humid. And I think thunderstorms are coming. What a good illustration of life it is. Just the changes and things like that and extremes quickly from one way to the, the, the next. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Marty. Uh, it's great to be here, Matt. We are talking about one of your favorite topics, which is walking in the spirit. And I'm curious when you brought this up, what it is you love about it so much as a psychologist. Yeah. Um, and as a just a human being who encountered the Holy Spirit is that it changed the way I, I was in the world and the way I experienced the world. And to me, I, I think that like, whoa, this is the point. It's not about information. It's that the whole world is, you know, I say enchanted, right? It came to life and spirit was everywhere, you know, and I, I still can't really explain it, but I tried to like uh, when we walk on the trail to say, it's close to like almost like animation or something, you know, it's animated, but it's not like a cartoon, but everything seems spirit. Now, not 24 seven, I've had to learn to um, adopt some techniques to try to uh, strengthen that, you know, and solidify it and um, make it even more um, a part of everyday experience. So we can get into some of those things maybe too, but, but what do you, let's define our terms like we usually do, right? What does it mean to walk in the spirit? Well, I think we need to talk about the Holy spirit because they're just not talking about walking in like sunshine. Team spirit. Yeah. Team spirit. If you're a lion fan, you're in big trouble. Uh -huh. a lions fan. If you're walking in that spirit. Hey, they got great team spirit. It's all they got. <laughs> Underdog spirit. Exactly. The spirit is the spirit of God and the spirit of God is unique. God is light and in him, there is no darkness. And so the idea of the spirit of God, we believe, I believe as a pastor, as a Christ follower, that there are three persons who are manifest as God. And that doesn't mean people, but it means God is the creator, the father God. God is Jesus, the son of God. God is the spirit who is the one that calls us to God. And the spirit is not the son. The son is not the father. The father is not the spirit, but they all are God three in one. Yes. Yeah. The spirit of God is a person who is active in the world, who is calling us to God. A lot of imagery is used for spirit because Jesus, you can sort of picture 2000 years ago, Palestine, Israel, God, the creator, you know, the problem with God, the father is we tend to think of old man time with a long white beard. And it's, mm -hmm. it's no, it's like this, this engine, this creative force. It's the mind of God and the spirit is God with us. Now, what's interesting is God is working with us, but not in us until we allow him. Yes. And so, yeah, so part of it for people who might say like, okay, walking in the spirit, I I'm trying walking every other way and it's just not working. Yeah. So much there. Uh, so Daniel Sosoyev was a uh, Russian martyred priest uh, and I'm reading one of his books and the way he um, tried to get the, the, the Trinity, uh, the father, son, Holy spirit across. So people could understand it. I say, imagine the sun, you know, that star 
Mm-hmm. Uh, S-U-N. Right. S-U-N. Um, and, um, you know, there's an orb and there are the rays, right? And then there's the light, but it's still the sun, just different facets. And I thought, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. And the warmth on earth, you could almost view as the spirit. Yeah. So I think what we're up against with walking in the spirit is the world that we grow up in and start being educated in and just, we kind of just take it in. We're just kind of swimming in it is um, materialism. We are a philosophic materialist and that's so easily contrasted with walking in the spirit. So the idea, and this is an old, old uh, philosophy. The Greeks had it too, um, which is materialism, which is there's just matter. There's only matter, just stuff. And so what happens to the world? Well, you look to matter things to please you at the expense of uh, that rich, uh, joyful, spiritual experience. Right. Well, and it's it that what you just said implies that pleasing myself is the, the ultimate good. Myself. Is yes. Mm, that's so good because people anything. become things in that philosophy. Oh, yeah. People, and that's why people politically, people think that every relationship is a power relationship. Right. Somebody has even even a marriage. People uh, that I know are talking about like, well, you know, we it needs to be more equal. There's no equal sign in uh, a Christian marriage. It's one thing. It's mm. you're unified, you, you, you know. Yeah. And and the idea that there could be something more than me getting my needs met, more than me getting my wants met. And and that's a powerful thing to to have to grapple with the idea of walking in the spirit means there's other ways to walk besides like not in the spirit. And this is one of the things that actually more recently has hit me hard because I'm one of those people when I go to blaze pizza, I put everything on my pizza. I don't want to have to choose Mm. when I go to the salad bar. I've got the stuff I like now a little better, but I used to go and I used to take a little bit of everything. And that's why fancy restaurants don't have salad bars because they have the right combination. Ah, that's they choose for me versus when I go to the salad bar, I, I, I don't understand the combos. I don't want to miss out on anything. So I take everything. And I think that's how a lot of us live our life. We think I don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah. You're missing out. Right. Yeah. And what happens is I am unable to fully choose the way that in my heart of hearts is best for me. And, and, in my mind, I've come to accept and to realize that's God's view of what's best for me, not me satiating my desires and urges. Yes. Well, we're going to get to that because we're going to be looking at Romans today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to look at Galatians. Oh, that too. And you look at Romans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a deal. The idea is though, this conversation today is an invitation to choose. Yes. It really is for us, for you in your life situation, for me in my life situation, we are reluctant to choose for fear of missing out. I don't want people to think I'm weird. I didn't want myself to think I'm weird. If I somehow didn't choose the way of the spirit of God, I would somehow avoid being weird. I would avoid being labeled. And lately I've realized, no, I've, I've chosen my walk. Okay. So Matt, I remember thinking this thought and said, probably say it to you more than once is that um, it's, I had this feeling when, when, when transformation came, cause it is a, it's a transformation. It's the beginning of, um, you know, sanctification being more Christ-like theosis, right? It's the beginning of that, but still it's, it, it's very, very, very powerful. Cause it's so different from what I was living of thinking this now I have everything. I, I have everything now. I don't, you know, uh, why would you not want this? Why would anyone, I'm, you know, I would want people, I, you know, I was quiet for a long time because I didn't know anything and I still don't know very much, but I didn't want to, you know, pressure anyone or ruin it. And it's hard to talk about. I'm still learning how to talk about this whole thing. Um, but I did, you know what I mean? When you're in the spirit, you're so satisfied. And that's really what we go to materialism for in the first place is, is, is we want to satisfy ourselves, but it never does. It's so temporary that it's, it's insatiable, the, the cravings. What are some of the cravings of patients that you have seen that you have witnessed 
do not satisfy them? Uh, drugs, sex, uh, all the the things that the, the temptations of the flesh. That doesn't mean that you don't ever, um, you know, have any intoxicant ever again. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you're not going treating that like a god. Like, uh, like it's going to solve the big problems. Sex is another one. Uh, codependent relationships where, you know, someone doesn't feel like they can have any joy until they find another human being. And then mm. the joy comes. Uh, work is another one. Um, uh, food, My routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stru- yeah. That, that type of structure where you, you're con- controlling. Uh, now, all of those things are valuable. So we don't want to, you know, mislead anyone on that. But they're not your gods. You're not looking to them to solve the big problem in your life of meaning, right? And, and of purpose. Um, and you can walk away from them. You know, you can, if you feel like having a glass of wine, you can think about it. Okay, I can have a glass of wine or a piece of pie. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when the pie has you, yeah. right? Like I don't have the pie anymore. Now the pie has me because I can't. In, in Ireland, you know, there's some drinking issues. Those are my people my ancestors there's a uh, saying that says um about alcohol first um the man takes a drink then the drink takes a drink then the drink takes the man right wow. do you understand that and that's how these cravings of the flesh go if you're if you're looking to them to solve your problem money is another one some people that it's mammon in the Bible, right? That's your God. It's money. See, all, if I only had more money, then all that peace that only God can give and all that purpose, and then I'll feel good about myself. I'll feel like I'm uh, not a loser. I'm a winner. Um, you know, that, that's your idol right there. Yeah. yeah. God. It's like you want to get to the top of the mountain. And for some people, they never even realize it. But for those who do get to the top of the mountain, there's still the question, did you climb the right mountain? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I love the symbolism of that. Listen to how rich in symbolism our everyday speech is because the mountain is representative of that. That's where the knowledge is. That's the highest place where you have visibility down below, right? You're above the world. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting that the Bible uses the word, the term walk in the spirit, which I at first thought meant a long journey. But as I was doing some research on the Greek this week, the word to walk has a lot more to do with encircling tell me about that yourself in what's going on so the idea the greek word to when it says walk in the spirit um, listen to this from the ancient document a letter to the galatians which is a region in turkey galatia you my brothers and sisters were called to be free this is galatians chapter 5 i'm picking it up in verse 13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge sinful nature or the flesh, like you're talking about, but rather serve one another in love. The whole thing can be summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. And listen to this indictment on 2021. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Good Lord. And yes, and I've, we've talked about this a lot just when we're on our walks and things like that, that this, that's, that's what I see is happening with us. We're devouring one another. We've, now we have enemies. There, there used to be two political parties and you kind of respect each other and, you know, and your neighbor, if they voted differently than you. And I'm, I'm afraid I'm seeing that go away where now you're in opposition and, and, and you want to destroy the other and take just all the power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the answer, though. So Paul's writing this. I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, You're not under the old ways. And the word for walk is peripateo, P-E-R-I, peri, means around, something that is encircling. And pateo is movement of the feet. Walk, stepping, striding, even trampling is how it's been used in this time. That's it, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's what I'm talking about when we're on the B2B where it says it's animated. I'm surrounded by spirit. In those moments, in those moments, I'm surrounded and I'm walking, and but I'm surrounded by it's everywhere. It's in me too. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's, it's almost like habitually. So you're walking, not like walking in a circle, but it's, it's like you're living. It's like becoming second nature to say, walk by the spirit. You're saying live in the spirit. You've walked in one area for so long that it's become your environment, your place of daily activity. It encircles your existence. And that's what you're talking about that you experienced. And uh, it's it's almost like strolling. The word peripatio was used in in non-biblical sources from that time. And it means like strolling, daily activity, not anxious, not frustrated. But you're choosing to walk that way. And one of my things that I go back to is still these words that I read in the preface of the great divorce where C.S. Lewis says, he calls it the great divorce because he's talking about the divorce between heaven and hell. And he says, the great divorce between heaven and hell is the fact that we as people tend to try to marry heaven with hell in our lives. And that's what Paul's talking about, the flesh and the spirit. We just, we, we don't even know enough to want anything different, let alone yeah. understand what's going on. So in other words, it's like we want the stuff of God, but we want all the other stuff of hell and selfishness and lust and sin at the same time. We didn't try and marry the two because after all, God forgives. And that's what grace is, right? But Lewis is saying here is our attempt to not have to choose. This attempt to not choose between heaven and hell, between flesh and spirit, however you want to put it, is based on the belief that our reality never presents us with an absolutely unavoidable either or. Say that one more time. Okay. About the either or. Yeah, C.S. Lewis is saying our attempt to not choose to walk in a certain way is based on the belief that we have that reality never presents itself with an absolutely unavoidable Mm -hmm. either or. I love it. We are going to face an either or. You are going to face an either or. So am I. And, and the, the thing is that we have deluded ourselves that we think if we've if granted skill enough or patience enough or above all time enough, some way to embrace both alternatives is going to be found. And somehow it's going to turn evil into good without us being called on for a final rejection of, of the sin or the evil or the flesh. And the fact is, like Lewis then goes on and says, the evil or what we're caught up with, it can be undone, but it's not going to develop into good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a seed. It's a mm-hmm. seed. There's something in it. Yeah. And, and so speaking of walking, picture walking on a trail or walking on a mountain, there is a path. And if you are here and you are on the wrong path, you're not going to get on the right path by going forward. If it is the wrong path and it is going toward your destruction, it is going toward your isolation, it's going toward something other than God, which is anything other than God, it's going to mess you up. Mm -hmm. If you can't just keep going on and expect that it's going to develop into good or it's going to make a turn and get on the right path. What we have to do is go back to the lie that we believed that got us on the path or go back to that desire that we wanted to, to go on that path. The quickest way forward in my life sometimes is to go backward, go backward to the assumption, the false assumption that I made, go backward to where my habits started forming. You're talking about repentance too. Repentance is, yeah. Take the other direction because there's a telos. You're also talking about teleology too, right? Everything has a telos and we know that because watch an addiction. Watch, see where an addiction gets you. It, not the first time, not the second time. Maybe it's a hundred times, but it's going somewhere. It's it. Yeah, and, and it takes step. the man. It's like walking steps. Yes. But the drink takes the man eventually. Or the attitude that you have takes the man. Hatred too. Hatred grows when you practice it. Don't practice hatred because you get good at what you practice. I promise you. You know, and that goes positively too. Worship God. Take some time. We're going to talk about some things that I do, and I want to know some things that you do to try to get that experience back. Because, you know, at at first, it runs a core spiritual development oftentimes where if you do have a profound experience because you were really bad, like me, a bad boy, then sometimes God gifts you with this wonderful, just transformational experience. And then it starts to go away. Then the work starts. 
And, and that work is there. It's not a punishment from God at all. It's showing me my flaws and they're there. And there were times when I'd ask you, Matt, is there, I couldn't see them for a while. They were there. They definitely were there. I just could not see them. Now I'm starting to really see them and I'm having to really kind of up my game and, um, and do some things that to, to try to bring it around and they work, you know, they work these things, but anyway, continue. This is really good. Well, the idea that walk in the spirit, why would somebody need to tell me to walk in the spirit unless there was some other way I was going? What's that other way? It's a way of the world. It's the way of the world. It's the way of yeah. the world. And Paul says in Romans, it says, uh, and, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. You're not conforming. You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Where is theosis. We've got to be Christ. And, and Protestants, you know, um, sometimes in our tradition, we overemphasize the information like, okay, it's a decision. And you say these words like an incantation and, but nothing's transformed in them. And often it's not their fault. A lot of times it just depends on what's being emphasized in your life, but that that's all you do is you say this. And now I'm saved because it's only because works don't matter. Um, and all you got to do is just believe that, you know, and something and that's it, but that's the beginning it's necessary, uh, but it's not, there's so much more there for us. It's a walk. Wherever you're listening to, look 10 feet away, look 15 feet away. I cannot get from here to there without going through some stuff. My favorite song. You can't get from here to there without a target. Right. Where's your tension going? Is it going on um, that piece of pie? I mean, that's okay. I shouldn't use pie because pie is really good. Um, But is it on that thing that's going to hurt you that's separate from God? Or where's your tension going? Is it up or is it down in the world? And every time I suffer... It comes down into that category. I've wow. gotten uh, like a sheep. I've gotten lost without knowing it. You know, like you say, one blade of grass at a time. You know, I, before I knew it, I was lost again. I was conforming to the world and my eyes are down and not up. Right, right. And if you're frustrated because you see from A to B and you want to get to B, there is no way God, God uses the word walk because there's no way I can get from A to B unless I take one step. Yes. Toward B. And then I'm taking a step from that point, another step toward B in that same direction. Well, and we talk so about that, spiritual journeys, don't we? Oh my gosh. We talk about spiritual journeys. It's a journey. Yeah. There is a destination. You don't t- go on a journey usually without some type of destination, right? I think that's why everybody loved the Lord of the Rings stuff movie so much. Because you go out your home and it's this journey. It's literally called there and back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we, and when we don't have a journey that we, where you have destinations in your mind, we say that you're lost. Mm-hmm. You're just wandering. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Here's you asked um, what gets us in trouble and there's this list and we can unpack the list or you can just take the brunt of it. This is back in the Galatians passage. You were talking about this letter written to the Christ fathers in Rome. This mine is the one written to the Christ fathers in Galatia. So he's saying, walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit. He won't gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh is contrary to the spirit. The spirit wants what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. And some of us love to avoid conflict. And here's what he says, walking in the way of the flesh, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, which is wanting anything Besides God, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. We think a lot of this stuff is new. We think a lot of the stuff we've invented, you know, or the internet invented it. No, not at all. I was just in Las Vegas. <laughs> and it's amazing just how out on Front Street all that is. The actual idols are out there with the behaviors and the temptations, right? They have those same gods. They have, um, you know, Aphrodite, you know, and that sexual goddesses and things like that, that people still worship today. We just don't have the, well, we do have the statues in Vegas. You can just go there right. and see that right. or power you know, or Caesar that they got where I'm my own God. There's a man who's a God and we're going to worship this man. And, you know, you, you did a series when I first started at the church called American Idol. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We still have, we call them idols. You know what I mean? Oh, it's my idol. 
Yeah. I think our problem is we think we, we hear the word idol and immediately we picture like Indiana Jones and the temple of doom, you know, <laughs> like, there's some little statue somewhere. And while I'm not worshiping a statue or the Brady bunch, remember when Greg uh, wiped out on the surfboard oh, in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii episode. Yeah. For, just before they jumped the shark. <laughs> yes. That's, but that's, that's kind of the caricature that we've pictured it, not realizing how much we are bowing down every day. Matt, Matt, how do I know if I'm worshiping an idol? So the people that come to see you they're, when they're suffering, you, you know that there's something there that they're worshiping other than God. Otherwise, they would have the piece that we're talking about right now. How, how can they know? Like right now, a listener who's listening going, I'm, I don't worship anything, or maybe I do. How would they know? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple things. First of all, by the results, you can tell somebody if they're true or false by the fruit that they bear. Like if they were a tree, what kind of fruit is growing in their life? And you told us a big list from Galatians too. That's that that's a tree that that's bearing the fruit of idolatry and um uh, and, and and it's just natural consequences. It's mm -hmm. natural consequences. So it's not God punishing anybody. We would say it's simply the natural consequences that God wants so much better for you, so much better for your life. Yeah, God is a good parent in that he uses uh, logical and natural consequences. Um, and he also gives us freedom to develop in the way that we want. And his love is unconditional. So uh, when we worship God, we do it out of joy. I go to church not to really get something, although that's part of it, but it's mostly to express something. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, you'll know if you're in a good church if you're serving. Yeah, it's it won't be because you think the entertainment is better than um, the place down. Uh, and and my church when I was a kid, um, you know, you had a couple of hillbillies, uh, one with a guitar. <laughs> they right. sounded good and things right. like that too. But you know, but the question is, what are you doing for the church? Is it a place for you to to serve? Not you need a place. You need a community where you can be fed spiritually, relationally, whatever. A place where you can be fed, but also a place where you feed others. Our problem is we've been trained and conditioned to think of ourselves as spectators. Yeah, and consumers. Means, yeah, and consumers. Exactly. And self-focused individuals. Mm -hmm. And and sadly, there's a lot of mindset, and I have to fight it too, within the church that says, just let us meet your needs for everything. You'll meet your needs by contributing something honestly that's what it is to give uh, nothing connects you like serving other people and it makes us feel good there's research to show that even if you recycle you get a little bump feel a little bit better because it feels like you're doing something important something valuable you're good and you do and that's all true you know yeah so you want to find a place a community where you can be fed you know that it ministers to you it it brings good things into your life but it's not just supposed to be a one-way thing. It's also a community where you can give. But yeah, but maybe they're not even different, Matt. Maybe they're not even different because like I made a deal, I guess with myself, that when I came to the church that I'm, I'm going to, I'm never going to say no unless I absolutely have to, if somebody wants something. Um, and that's so much better than me. I can't remember the best time Archie was on stage. It just doesn't, you know, I don't work like that but i do remember being asked to do something and then stepping up and doing it that, that's way better mm -hmm. and the great thing is all of us have to give ourselves to something beyond ourselves and the church exists only because people give of themselves mm -hmm. was christ a giver or a taker <sighs> of course and right, that was a dumb question. Says, the more you give the more you're going to receive hundred i mean we're keeping it a hundred there because that has been the truth when I worried about money and things like that and getting more money and things like that, I didn't have very much, you know, and even when I did, I don't know where it went. But when I just released all that stuff and started um, being a servant and then also, well, I don't want to get into all that, but anyway, you take the point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing that I want to share on my half. And then I want to hear about some of these things from a psychological standpoint. And it's this, the, so he says the acts of the flesh are obvious and lists all those things. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, which is this rich mm. kingdom. He says, but the fruit of the spirit, the natural result of, of walking in the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions. So that is definitely choosing. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't want to just say, you know, the idea of marrying heaven and hell, um, like eventually we'll figure out a way to do it. No, he's saying those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. But, you know, if I got serious about this, if I was going to choose instead of trying to eat a, a bite of everything at the salad bar of my life, if I were going to choose then um, I would miss out somehow. I would have to say goodbye and not be friends with some of my old friends who spiritually mm -hmm. weren't where I thought I was or whatever. And I was going to lose out. But the fact is the first result, the first fruit of the spirit, and it's not fruits of the spirit, it's all one. Mm -hmm. um, the fruit of the spirit. The first one is love. Love doesn't take you away from people. Love enables you to be more authentic and closer to people. The second one is joy. I was afraid if I said yes, to the heaven side instead of the hell side, like the marriage thing. If I, if I got on that pathway, I was going to be grim and dull. My life was going to be yes. boring and yes. meaningless or just nothing, no adventure, no, no going. Yes. Oh no, God, this is the greatest adventure of all. You're seeking God. What bigger adventure is there than that? What, Cedar point. I mean, what's you're just seeking the ultimate and the knowledge and, and a relationship with the ultimate, you know, that's the biggest adventure of, of your life. And, but, but we should say this too, because you know, if you're a listener out there and you don't know uh, and whatever, you will have to take a look at yourself. You will have to ask God to show you what's wrong with you. Don't be afraid of that. Right. Uh, because when I did that with the repentance and you will, if, if it's a real repentance, you'll probably have some tears. Mm. Right. Some they'll turn into more joyful tears too, uh, and tears of relief, but you will be so darn sorry, but here's what will get you through. It's not because you're a bad person. You're in the world, man. You're, and you're of the world at that point in your development, you didn't know any better. And, and, and we don't punish people who make mistakes. Usually I can't think of any real ex examples, you know, um, you could say drunk driving, but I think you made a choice when you started drinking that day and you knew that you had to drive home. So don't, you don't want to get down on yourself by seeing those things. You want to find the uh, offensive parts of yourself, right? The things that are causing you pain because the sin causes you pain. You know, you know, oh. that's true. It's not just what you do to other people. It's what's happening inside of you. And so you go easy on yourself and let him forgive you, right? Let him, for, he wants to forgive you. He does not want you to suffer. He does not want to punish you. He's not that type of God, right? He, he wants you back. And then as soon as you know that it's wrong and you let him forgive you, it's done. Those sins are at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. No memory. There's no memory. He doesn't have memory for that. Yeah. He doesn't say, remember when you used it? Yeah. yeah. No. And I'll say this too, when it happened for me, all my addictions went away. I can still enjoy some of the things I do. Like I like to drink, you know, it's fun, but I don't have a problem with it anymore because I can say no and plan for, but there was a time when I was suffering so much that I couldn't do that. Right. I was too anxious and things like that. I had no peace about me, but when you get peace, that is a feeling of well-being and a well uh, and satisfaction and peace and that's really what we're going at with that new car or whatever that drug is that you think you have to have that you can't stop using or maybe it's something around your sexuality that is a loveless sexuality that you're engaged in and things like that you feel like you can't quit once you have peace you won't want those things anymore or you'll be able to decide what you want more freely so the addictions enslave us this is freedom so you're not missing out on anything you're just gaining your freedom Oh man, that's it's incredible. That preach, man. Matt. That dude preach. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard you that. say that in a while. You used to say oh, that. I preach. know <laughs> that will. No, it does. I got tired of saying it because so much. I love it. Was out of your mouth. I, no, I not me. To, like share. I don't know anything that unless someone told me. So yeah. Hey, that was our topic last week. Yeah. Who that was you? good. Actually, by the way, for the listeners, you should go listen. I really liked uh, listening to that. And Kathy liked it too. Cool. My wife. Yeah. Who are you listening to? Well, the idea of walking in the spirit, for some people, they may be like, well, the whole idea of the God thing is newer to me, but what are some practices that people could put in place now? Oh, those are, that's good. First of all, get the mission correct. The idea of Christ didn't come to teach you how to keep you and your loved ones out of hell. 
that wasn't the primary mission. That's just, that's a nice byproduct, you know, the <laughs> suffering stops and all that kind of stuff. But that's not what he was telling you. He said, there's something better for us, right? Uh, the kingdom of God is within and it's at hand. It's also without too. It's everywhere, right? If you want it. To, to, so the idea is, um, do you want to be a better person or do you want to have more things? Like how many people look at themselves and say, oh, you know what's really important to me? I just want to be a better person right? For myself and for other people, you have to have the right attitude or this won't work. It'll be um, like pharisaic, you know, rules-based and okay, I pray today, cross that off the list. Now I'm going to the gym. It, it can't be like that. It's a, it, it, the idea is becoming Christ-like. Know that, right? Would you like to be Christ-like? You think he's kind of a swell guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you want to become like that. Well, and there's a lot of people that aren't so sure of Christianity or they're not so sure of the church, but if you understand, they're they're fine with jesus what do you think that it's all about i mean it can be different things but mainly what do you think that's all about because if you how are you going to love people in your own bedroom you got to love people that's what he told us to do and that's a verb it's not like just imagine some people and nice people that you can love but you gotta actually do it how are you gonna do that outside of a church i think by church people are picturing a close-minded group of stodgy people and they have a caricature. All of us have had a caricature, like I did, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also the, the worst examples stick out too. We forget about those really nice, gentle, kind, generous people because we, we have that negativity bias, right? Because we, we're looking for threats and future threats. So we but they do stick out. So yeah, those people do exist. We've all been those people probably at times too. Oh golly. And that's not everybody. No, no. Well, it goes back to a, a stat that I haven't checked in the last five years, but right. that even like within one church, like the United Methodist Church, we feed about a million children every day. I know. That's awesome. A million children get fed through the ministries and the extension ministries that are going on because of this global connection thing. I need a sandwich from a hypocrite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do to it, man? I'm not eating this. Exactly. <laughs> What'd you put in it? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, but... But to be able to come into that as somebody freed up because I'm walking in the spirit now. Yes, right. And and also, look, are you judging? Uh, start again. Go back. It's like shooting ladder. You got to go all the way back down because you just judged. Right. You know, you're, we're supposed to have sympathy and say, I've seen that in myself. Pray for them. You know, to say, okay, I've felt that before, and they're definitely not happy doing that kind of stuff. But if you're judging, like the stereotype that we get is the opposite of what we're trying to be. Like we're not judgmental people, and we don't hate. And also, love unifies diversity. The only way that you can, you know, you know, we're talking, we're, we're getting so much into groups and stuff like that. But you know, no, love will unify, and then you can appreciate the diversity, and then you're one in Christ. So it, what we get slam for and then they'll take the worst examples and put them up on front street so they can paint us all like that the people who do that kind of stuff right and we got plenty of room to grow plenty of room to improve but it, it that's because we're we're trying to live for something more than ourselves yeah so you asked the question of how to do that kind of stuff first thing is a deep and rich prayer life that is sort of like the life that's where the spirit comes look everybody needs to learn how to pray. I did not know how to pray and I wasn't comfortable with it. It's, it's something that, that, that strengthens like a muscle. Like, you know, you get better at it when you practice it. And especially in Protestants, you know, we, we, we don't, well, some do like the Anglicans, like they'll read some of the old prayers of the church. Fathers. Like, I've been memorizing some of those because I want them inside of me. And, um, and it is within our tradition to learn from other people. I listen to how other people pray and I, you know, cop some of their licks <laughs> so yeah, why not no because it gets inside of me even if i don't know i'm doing that or i'll say that was beautiful i'm gonna say that again that's what it's supposed to it's like lighting a candle off of another candle you know there's nothing wrong with that but we can go and i would say one thing is this please memorize scripture and please memorize prayers right because that's because we think with language so it's not like oh how unoriginal and i'm not connected with god oh yes you are those words, he knows exactly what they mean. And if you really mean them, you are very much doing that. So I, I'd say memorizing scripture has been really, really helpful to me. And also now I've, I've taken to memorizing some prayers um, and, and also memorize the creed uh, and put that in because rituals are really important. So it, it, um, secondly, a prayer rule. So um, I've really been doing that. And the days that I miss, I feel it. And the days I do, I feel really great about it, which is this. I set up you know, nice place to pray in the morning when it's really quiet. 
and I'll do that. And I, you know, I, I do a little bit of both. I also read, I have a prayer book that are out there. So if you want to learn how to pray and they're, they're, the saints have written those things too. So they come from a good source. And I light some incense that's within our tradition, the Eastern part of the tradition and the you know, Roman Catholic and things like that. But still, I like it because, you know, symbolically it's offering like my prayers up and it smells good. And it reminds me the last time I prayed and it gets me in that mood, you know, and light some candles, but, but make a place like a, like make your home a little church. So that's helped me a lot too. The other thing that's really helped too, because you talked about the, the flesh. So it's not like we want to like self-flagellate and whip ourselves and hurt ourselves. It's not like that at all, but we don't want the temptations to have us like the drink, take the man. Right. So the way I do it is I found that by fasting um, every Wednesday and Friday, and you go for that, those Doritos and you go, Oh, wait, I'm fasting. It, 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 it brings my eyes back up and um, it's not that unpleasant if you do it gradually or whatever, or maybe it's a vegan diet you can do. And so you can eat something that day, but you know, fasting um, has really helped me out a lot. And I, I've been doing that every week too. And then talking to you and studying from people smarter than me and who know things that I don't know, um, all of those sort of things. Now, how much uh, of the day does that take up? We all have 24 hours, kids. You don't get any more, any less. Everybody's got those days. Where your where's your attention go? Where your eyes go? And so, yeah, you will have to replace the higher thing, which is seeking God, the highest thing. You'll have to replace the highest, some of those lower things with the highest thing. Um, and you want to do it. You just haven't probably some of you haven't thought of it like this. So I that's kind of my list. Free people up. That's a really that's some really really good stuff. You know, the idea of walking in the spirit. It's like meeting with God as you go. Meeting with God as you go. Uh, being with God even. Yeah. Being with God. Yeah. And that includes private devotion. It includes worship. It includes serving. So that, that's the last time you served somebody? I'm trying right now. Right. Right. I'm trying to do this too. You know, that no, we're, you're making anybody. we're spending in, money. Well, you, you are, are too. You were investing our time. Thanks. We want yeah, we to are. be. Um, you know, um, uh, so, and then the other thing I do is like, people don't understand tithing and you don't have to tithe, but you do have to give alms. And I like to give, uh, you know, money to the church because, um, I know where it goes and it goes to feed a million kids, or it goes to do some things for people in our community and things like that. So that, you know, cause we're not attached to money. Don't, don't, don't be greedy and selfish and self-serving. Like you mentioned in those, um, first, so all of those kind of things are changing me to make me a better person. But the better I get, the more I can see those little, little, -er, let's say they're still big flaws that are in me. And, and rather than beat myself up and being um, arrogant about it, like, I can't believe I did that. No, I totally believe I did that. And I totally believe I do that. Cause that's what people yeah. do. I don't believe uh, I don't do it more. Right. But, right. Exactly. I'm just thankful. I don't do it more. So then I can work on those sorts of things without the self-judgment e either. So those are like, you're right. Almsgiving is very, very, very important. And it might be just a service. It might be a listening year if you don't have any enough money to give or something Who like that. But you call, you know, there's a guy in our church. He's a high powered guy. And I said, what is one tactile thing that you can do? You know, if your dad lives within a vicinity to stop by or to call your parent, your elderly parents, or to check on your kids specifically to say, how are you? or to connect with somebody who's out there trying to make a go of it and say, let's meet for coffee. You know, that J Jesus, when you look at what he did, basically he taught something or somebody had some kind of experience and then he went to their house. Yes. And ate together, had tea together, or coffee together. Or something That's interesting like that. though, cause you're right. The more you give, the more you get, because people gave to him too. They, they, mm -hmm. they uh, uh, entertained them. him and yeah, he allowed them to give to them because it brings people together. Oh, yeah. Two giving hearts, you know, are um, unified. And, you know, the idea of walking in the spirit, Jesus lived his whole life by the spirit, we would say as Christ followers. And, and this thought occurred to me just today. There was never a more serene heart than Jesus' heart. There was never a more peaceful heart. There was never more of a serene mind than his. Everything he spoke, even when he got angry, everything he spoke, he did from a place of peace and not just peace, perfect peace. Yes. And he did have trials. He did have sorrows. Those were appropriate responses to what was going on in his life. In all his worries, he was never operating from anything but a place of rest 
in his heavenly father. You just kind of took me a little further on the whole um, fully God, fully man thing. Yeah. Right. Um, he showed us the possibility, what it looks like. Yeah. We get stressed out. We get dismayed. We're on walking in some other spirit, uh, but Jesus is fearless. He is undisturbed. He will not fail. He offers comfort, you know, to his disciples who are driving him crazy. Yes. And uh, the fact is he called them not to live in the past, not to forget the past, but to live out today. Yes. Practical lessons. Live out today. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because that's one thing we should say is there's no worry when you're walking in the spirit. There's pain sometimes, but there's no worry because you know why? His will. Because his will. And you and if you trust him, you'll uh, now I got not, not, I'm not perfect. There's I got a um, little case of red butt this morning because I was all stressed because I, I had too many surprises and things. But it wasn't the old me that would like have that rage kind of thing. It was more like, oh gosh. But you know, I didn't like that feeling. But guess what happened? Every single thing worked out better. Really? And what I thought, oh yeah, every, all three of them, it all worked out better. So why don't I learn to skip that first step and just accept, right? Um, I don't know, because I'm not good at, enough at this yet, but I'm trying, you know. Oh, that's good. You know, maybe a final thing to wrap up walking in the spirit. The fact is, yes, we live in the flesh. I am in the flesh. You are in the flesh. Every one of us is. So we struggle, struggle with the desires of the flesh. Um, but we can bring these desires under the Holy Spirit's influence. And the Holy Spirit is not weak. The Holy Spirit, we don't have to protect the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fire. And, yeah. and so here's, here's our message, walk by the Spirit, and you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. It doesn't mean you won't have the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. You won't carry them out. Mm -hmm. And uh, walking in the spirit is, is like being filled. You know, it's, it's walking, it's doing life that way. But walking also implies the spirit is going somewhere. There is a destination. And, and it is a good destination. And, it, and it's always to God. It's not going to be to some outer darkness somewhere. Another thing about walking is it's continuous. You know, if you want to get back to the illustration, I see something 10 feet away. I can only get there one step at a time. So don't beat yourself up. It's continuous and just don't stop. I have no doubt that you can get to where you need to go. If you don't stop, unless you stop. Right. Okay. Also, it's rhythmic. Walking's rhythmic. We know that um, yeah. it has a pace and a cadence or whatever. And if your day is rhythmic like that, like that prayer rule and things like that. And I do some other things too. I hung a cross on um, above the door. So, so that's what we see. And that had a, a way more powerful effect on me and Kathy than I even knew, because as I leave my house out into the world, that is uh, such a reminder of what the world is out there and the attitude I'm supposed to have when I encounter the world. And I also have a prayer that I memorized to say um, most times when I um, go out. That's awesome. A rhythm. And what else about walking? Oh, one other thing about, about um, walking, it's, it includes dependency. And that's what way? we, we uh, shy away from a little bit. The key to walking in the spirit is to look to the spirit to give us the ability to know what we can't do on our own. The moment we try to do it on our own, it, that's why you're not, it doesn't say walk on your own and find God. No, it says walk in the spirit, like in the spirit. That means you are surrounded, like you were saying earlier, surrounded by the spirit. The moment we try to do it on our own, we reject the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's goal is to make God famous. It's to bring us to God, the father. It's our source to power. It's our source to victory. It's not weak. No. And, and so how do, what's the, how do you actually do this? Cause like, Oh, sounds really good. I'd like to do that or whatever. You have to surrender, surrender, what surrender your ideas, surrender your desire, learn Christ because Christ will show you God. He's God. Okay. Um, but you have to replace those. It's, it's like when you quit any sort of habit or addiction, don't quit replace. You have to replace it. So replace the uh, Ben and Jerry's with Halo Top, you know, or, or something like that. But you have to replace the things of the world with the things of God. And all of those things get added to you. 
because you, you've set yourself up for success in the world by not being of it. Does that make sense? So it's not like you're going to miss out like, well, I'll be broken. No, it, it actually works just the opposite way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all those things do get added to you. But like I always, you know, tag that with, um, they won't matter as much because God, the, the whole path is way more important than any of the things that come in the world. You'll just kind of enjoy them and um, and whatever, but the, you'll still have that higher thing that's that's the, the first, you know. So good. It's a beautiful walk. Yes. A beautiful stroll. It's a beautiful way to go. Yeah. Don't quit either. Like you said, don't stop walking. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. You got it. Okay. Listen, let's pray. Yes. Lord God, I thank you for a conversation. What a rare thing conversation can be. And I thank you, Lord, that that you have called us to walk in the spirit meaning you're calling us away from something to walk in the spirit. So we confess what that is that has taken us away from walking in your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would guide our steps. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see our goal, eyes to see our next step, even when we can't see our goal. You'll give us enough light to be able to take our next step with you toward you. I thank you, God, that you don't wait for us to find you, but you have reached out and found us. And then you have offered us your spirit that we can walk in the spirit. Um, Lord, I pray that that would play out in my life specifically between now and when my head hits the pillow with the people closest to me, with somebody that I only know casually, with somebody that I have yet to meet, that I would walk in the spirit as I'm with them today. Thank you that it is such good stuff when we walk in the spirit and the natural results are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And there's nothing people can say against that. And uh, Lord, I, forgive me for not choosing. For, forgive me for always taking uh, letter D, all of the above. Um, and instead, let me walk by the spirit. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. The Shepherd in the Shrink podcast can only happen with your support. Please go to patreon.com, search for the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.